It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy and Connacht have lost away to Racing 92 by 26 points to 22. And I've decided to just go for a neutral introduction to this podcast because I don't know how else to do it. William Davis, welcome along. Good evening, Rob. What did you think of my neutral introduction to this podcast, Alan Deegan? Very neutral, Rob. Yeah, because I don't know what else to say. Yeah, well, it was standard French game, really. Total madness. You're never quite sure. There's no structure really to it. Um, they took off, looked as though they were going to score 50 points on Connacht, but Connacht stuck in there and could have won it in the end. Incredible. We had to reset in commentary about 12 times. Reset in commentary terminology, William, is us just trying to say, OK, where are we? Because our listeners need to get an idea of what's going on. Uh, I'd say at least 20 times in that contest did I have to just take stock because at one point it looked like Racing were running away and another point it looked like Connacht were about to win this. Yeah, it's the sort of game really you, you need to go back and watch that again and see if you can pick any pattern out of it. It was utterly shapeless and Connacht actually got a bit more of a pattern when the substitutes came on and they dominated that and Racing there was players walking around with their hands on their hips they looked a bit lost and I don't know that last opportunity just didn't get a kick quite close enough to the line very odd how does a side that has been to two finals and is full of world superstars. Looked a bit of lacking in leadership today, Racing. Connacht certainly didn't have that issue. And 26-8, it was theirs to go away and put that game completely to bed. But they didn't seem to know how and they didn't seem to to care particularly. And Connacht nearly capitalised and they've come out with a losing bonus point and I think they would certainly take that. Yeah, I think they, they can't deal with it because they're not used to teams like Connacht being dogged. The Connacht were like a dog with a bone. They weren't letting go. It didn't matter how far behind they went. They did exactly what Andy Friend wanted them to do, which is keep fighting, keep playing, keep moving, keep going. And and the, when when you get that far in front in, in any other game, in Europe or in in France, the opposition sort of roll over and die, but Connacht aren't that sort of team. And, and the French guys are sort of going, why won't they go away? It's, it's just, you know, they should be gone away at this stage and they weren't able to deal with it. And of course, the last 10 minutes, they tend to run out of a bit of puff anyway and Connacht could have nicked it. Connacht had two injuries in the first half, a HIA for Jared Butler and, uh, you know, a HIA for Jared Butler. And you were looking as well as that, uh, Sean Masterson, who put in an incredible tackle, but uh, took a, a knee injury that we just, uh, we are concerned about. I, I say all that because because to a certain degree, I did get the feeling when I was looking at some of the uh, faces afterwards, it was Dennis Buckley's face looked like he was in a massive battle. So did, uh, who was it at the end there? I was looking at Jordan Duggan, blood coming from the gum shield. It was that kind of day. Yeah, there was some some huge hits going in out there and, and Ulton lived up to his nickname of the bone collector because at one stage he smashed Vakatara who stayed down on the ground for two or three minutes afterwards. I don't think Vakatara is used to someone hitting him that hard. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of guys putting an awful lot of big hits and lots of bodies on the line stuff. That's basically what was on out there, bodies on the line. Yeah, it was a bruising, bruising encounter with him. Yeah, it was. It was... Um, I'm really I'm really puzzled. I'm not sure what Rassing... I'd love to know what they were actually planning to do because I can't imagine that that's the game they planned to play. So either Connacht sucked them into it as the game went on, but they lost their shape completely. And but I'm not sure they had much of a shape, William, at times in the first half. We were saying it. Even when they had scored three tries, they still were kind of... Like when Sam Arnold, brilliant as his run was, ran through three of them, part of that was down to just real lacklustre effort in the tackles. 
Yeah, so where was their mindset? What did they want? I mean, look, at the end of the day, they've won the game and they they got a bonus point. So it's it's almost irrelevant to them that, that they didn't. But it's still hard to fathom how a side with all those players, uh, world-class, international players, just played like that when they... 26-8? I, I don't know. I, it's fascinating. It's... The French mindset is just baffling. Yeah, but I think that the um, the intercept changed everything. Wooden's intercept try because at that stage, then that then they're out of sight. If they score there, they're out of sight, mm. and that seemed to sort of knock the stuffing out of them because again, they're not used to this idea of another team coming back at them like that mm. and just keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. And Connacht believed in themselves, not quite enough maybe at the end, but just looking at the stats Danny gave me in the first half, Connacht got into their twenty-two seven times and scored once. Racing got into our twenty-two three times and scored three times, mm. but it flipped in the second half. The difference was they got into our when they got into the second half they scored a try and that that try made all the difference. But Connacht did much better, scored twice out of three three attempts in the twenty two in the second half. So you're looking at Connacht got better. They sorted out the line out. That was a massive, massive issue at the start of the game for Connacht. But once they went down to five men, once they took the two wing forwards out of it, because their two wing forwards were destroying our line out. Once we took our two back row out of the line out, they had to automatically take theirs out because they they couldn't afford not to have that. They marked them in the field exactly, and then our line out got a lot better, and we won we won more, and that gave us more of the game, and we just didn't give them the ball. If you were to take bullet point notes out of things we need to talk about in this podcast, I think we'd have about 47 of them. Because then there was all these different moments in the contest of chances missed, of injuries, of turnovers, of replacements coming on, making an impact. The last 10 minutes alone require a podcast all on, on its own. In the meantime, here's a few highlights from our commentary, just to kind of take you back through the story of it, and maybe take you into kind of where we were at different moments in the contest. And then we're going to hear from the post-game press conference straight afterwards, Andy Friend and Alex Wooden. So Racing, two metres from the Connacht line, with an advantage. Is this the first try of the game? It should be. They're over the line. Oh, that's ominous. Healy pushes up to try and stop the pass. He definitely slowed down Vakatara, but he didn't take him down. And away goes Vakatara. This is dangerous. One pass will do it. Oh, just like that, they score a try from halfway. They've gone 35 metres in. If you don't take him down, he will punish you. Curtly Beal is the scorer in the end. We're Racing and play through a free play, and they've got an overlap here from left to right. They're shooting across the pitch. John Porch has done really well there for the tackle. And the ball comes out the wing all the same. There's a try. If they got it down, that'll be some score if they get it. I think he has. Teofia Fumnua has got in for a try and one of the most wonderful scores you'll ever see. Spectacular score. Four metres from the Racing 92 line. 19-3 to score line. Connacht have had a hell of a lot of play. Cross field kick from Jack Cardi. Is someone alive to it? It's Matt Healy. Can he hold it? Healy has held it. Brilliant from Matt Healy. That's the old vintage winger stuff that we know from Matt Healy. They've got the try they so richly deserve. Connacht are doing the best to stop it. This is one of the best malls I've seen against Connacht all season. It's brilliant. Rassing her over the line. That is technically unstoppable. Brilliant. Rassing after four tries. brilliant. That's if you were setting up a training video to show to players, underage players, that's how you do it. Will they go left? Will they go right? They have no real idea which way they want to go, but they're only two metres from the Connacht line. Just like that, Russell has come alive. Oh, intercept from Alex Wooden. Straight into his hands from Chauvin C. Alex Wooden is away, and he could go the length of the pitch. He will go the length of the pitch if he keeps his le- the afterburners on. He's going for the post. He wants the easy conversion. Connacht have a second try in this game. The side from just outside Paris, the superstars of Racing 92. 
are trying to stop Connacht getting over their line to get within one score to get into losing bonus point territory out it comes from Daly this is it Connor Oliver is over Connacht have scored a third try I do not believe what I'm watching 26-20 with a conversion to come outrageous stuff all right, uh, guys, uh, well done uh, on the performance in the second half, I guess. Uh, to start with, Andy, this is a very good losing bonus point to get. I know we're going to dissect whether you could have won it or not, but I guess first and foremost, good fight from your team. Yeah, I thought the, um, I thought the fight was incredible, mate. We said it just before. We said it at half time. We thought we were, we'd been brave out there and, and uh, we're throwing ourselves into it. Uh, we said we need a bit more in the second half and that's what we got was a bit more in the second half. So... Uh, frustrating that we couldn't know at the end there, but um, yeah, very hard to be disappointed with the performance. Just on the moment in the second half where they nearly, you know, they were in Connex 22, 26 points to eight up. What were you thinking there? Because there was reason to believe this game could really have gone away from Connacht at that point. Yeah, there was. And, you know, let's, let's call it as it was, mate. Their, their set piece and their more was very, very dominant. Um, that line out more five metres out with about 20 to go was incredible, or 25 to go. I thought that was incredible the way we managed to mm-hmm. turn so. that ball over. That gave the boys a fair bit of belief and um, yeah. we sort of built on from that. So, uh, again, I just I thought, you know, our fellas just kept fronting up, which was great. Um, and the scoreboard just kept pitching closer and closer. But in the end, as we saw, it wasn't enough for us. Would you be frustrated with, like, uh, not to pick out Jack Hardy, who obviously had a great game, but I guess I am wondering, he probably could have found touch a bit closer in the corner. I know it's a small point, but were you frustrated with that platform? Because had that kick gone into the corner, it would have been a much better platform to get that four try. Oh, Jack Jack was the first bloke to say that when he came off. You know, and he apologized. Okay. He said, well, hang on, Jack. That's, that's one thing in, in 78 minutes you know, at the time, or 79 minutes. So, um, yeah, there were so many other good things that he'd done, but... Um, yeah, that, that's footy, mate. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, the impact from the bench was very strong. I know it's something that you believe in. You often say it. You're our impact players. I think you have a phrase for that as well in terms of what you're looking for from them. But you can't fault that. Oh, I thought they were all they were brilliant when they came on. You know, I thought our two young props, Jack Anger and, and Jordan Duggan, um, incredible uh, physicality and, and timing. I thought you know, they, were, they were fearless with what they did. To a man, everyone that came on. Ken Prendergast, he's only, you know, first year in our academy, um, comes on and, and, and again, just throws his body around. I thought Connor Oliver was really, really physical out there. Um, Delahunt, yeah, Blade, they're all good, mate. Bundy, uh, you know, Tim at the end there. So that, they're all good. They gave us good energy. Would you would you kind of hold up if people are starting to say, "My God, this is a real statement from Connacht or taking on a side of lost two Champions Cup finals"? Some people suggest that Connacht are going to struggle at that kind of level, and here they are getting a losing bonus point, almost winning the game. If people start to kind of their minds start to wonder and just think to themselves, "My God, Connacht are at a much bigger level than we thought," what would you say to that? Oh, we, we've got belief in ourselves, and you know, I'm actually not too phased with other people think about us. Um, mm. We're a pretty team, and, and we're building ongoing belief and um, an understanding of, of the way we want to play and what we can do to opposition. Uh, so we, you know, we, we got some learns there today, um, but we also did some really good things there today. So we just said at the shed there, you know, it's, it's frustrating we didn't win it. We picked up a losing mm. bonus point. Now we've got Bristol to look forward to next Sunday. 
you're still alive in this competition. The, the feeling we've got from the other games of this weekend and this game as well is there's been a strange flow to them. They've been up and down, lots of excitement. Is that something you've picked up on? Is that going to, is that going to be something that you kind of consider going into that Bristol game as well? Uh, not too phased with what other teams are doing, to be honest, Rob. Um, all we can control is what we do against Bristol. Uh, you know, we'll dissect this game and we'll pick out the good bits, the, the things that we thought we did well at, and make sure we we try and keep that. We'll also have a have a look at the areas that we weren't so good at, um, and make sure we tighten those up. And massive opportunity for us next week to to beat Bristol at the sports ground. Alex, your try changed the game and probably played a key part in that losing bonus point. Uh, what was going through your head when uh, when you went for it and when you saw the ball coming your way? Uh, look, we trained all week knowing that we'd have to get off the line and there's only one way I was going to go and that was off the line because we're on our own try line. So, like I said mm. to Anthony there, I was quite lucky because there was only one thing I was going to do there. So, uh, yeah, I was managed to pluck it out and run the field. Teddy Tomah reckoned he could still catch you. You weren't worried, were you? I wasn't worried. This time. <laughs> on a wider scale, like how did you regroup in that game? Because, or is it fair to say that at one point it looked like it was getting away from you? Is that what you felt, or what was your thought process as they got that bonus point try and went twenty six eight ahead? Uh, look, we touched on it um, in the sheds there. Like Andy said, the amount of belief that we have in this team is something that I haven't felt for a very long time. And um, you know, it was, we said at half time, we looked at each other in the eye and we said, you know, let's do it for each other. And um, that belief you can't really beat. Um, and we did it for ourselves, I think. And, uh, you know, Racing maybe thought, who are, the, who, who, are, who are these guys? But now they know. So um, I think, you know, welcome them at Sports Ground will be, uh, will be nice. And um, hopefully we can welcome them with some uh, nice weather. It's going to be a big test again next week. Does this performance help the way you'll, sh- you'll phase into that or shape into that game? Will, will you have garnered an extra little bit of belief or was that belief there anyways? I think the belief was there. I mean, we're able to see what we can do on a day-to-day basis at the sports ground and the training facility. So we know it's there. Um, and we've said it before in the game. So I mean, if we haven't pitched up like the Scarlet's game at home and the, uh, in the Pro 14, we're letting ourselves down a little bit sometimes because we know what we're capable of. Um, and they're the enjoyable ones where, you know, you pitch up and you give it your all. And you can see today we did a few good things, but, you know, we've got a lot of things to learn as well. So that in itself is exciting. That's your first uh, Champions Cup game in a Connex shirt. Uh, what is Champions Cup, Cup rugby like? What does it mean to you to be playing at this level? Uh, look, it's a step up from the, um, from the Pro 14. Um, some people say it's a bit of a game of chess. It's the, it's the closest thing to international rugby. And it probably is. You know, there's that extra bit of physicality and um, that technical side of it. But, um, you know, it's just keeping um, to the simple things and doing them well. Um, and like you said, expressing yourself. And I've played this team before in a Munster jersey and, um, you know, in quarterfinals, semifinals, and you've come away with the game not throwing a punch. So it's nice to come away today knowing that you've, you've thrown a few punches yourself um, and done yourself justice, I suppose. Six tries in eight games. I'll finish on this, Alex. Uh, what does that statistic mean to you? Uh, look, I think it's just the way we play. You know, we've got some very, very talented um, backs um, in this Connacht team. And, uh, you know, the cliche goes, you know, I'm just in the right place at the right time, and that's really the, the case. Uh, the only bollocking I've got is uh, putting the ball down with one hand from Andy. So, um, <laughs> just catch and put the ball over the line with two hands. Um, so, look, it's really exciting. Um, and look, with what's obviously gone on this this year and this season with the COVID, with this on a personal level and as a collective, I think things are just really exciting for us. And hopefully, the sooner the better we can get some people in the stadium to enjoy it with us, the better.
Hi, Andy Linney here. How are you? Good, thanks, Linney. How are you? Actually, well, I have to say, you actually don't look it. You look thoroughly kind of down about this, despite the fact that no one expect, probably expected you to win this anyway. So is that how you are feeling? Because you certainly, you don't look, you know, you don't look the happiest. Yeah, it's just a frustrating one. Like, you know, we knew it was going to be tough, Lindley, but we put ourselves in with a really good opportunity to win it and we didn't in the end. So, yeah, there, there is an element of frustration. So there's an element of pride, no doubt, but um, it's pretty hard to hide the emotions. What was so? What was the most frustrating thing about it? I know. I mean, you you missed opportunities in the first half that you created. You created more in the second half and got them. And the swings and roundabouts, you know, of, of games of rugby. What was the most frustrating thing? Uh, yeah, probably that we we worked so hard to come back and then just couldn't nail it at the end. You know, momentum had definitely swung our way after we'd worked so hard to turn the momentum. Um, so yeah, and that, yeah, to get that penalty at the end and and to be in there twenty two, uh, yeah, I, I just I, I could envisage that we were going to win that game of football, but we didn't in the end. So um, they, they lost, you know, they they missed opportunities as well. So in the end, um, you know, the result is is probably a fair reflection of it. But either team, uh, either team could have won that, and they did. Just in terms of the forward play, obviously they were very strong up front. Their their rolling mall was difficult to to deal with. Is that one of the issues that you would have to look at when you go up against another team like that? Yeah, I thought we sorted that out in the second half. Certainly, first half it, it was you know it, it wasn't good, but second half we nullified that mall much much better, um, which was good. What what we had there tonight though was you know both defensive lineouts were outstanding. I thought ours we we turn over a bit of air ball. Um, but they were outstanding. Just talking to our boys in the sheds after this, they haven't come up a, a line-out defence like that. So that's a compliment to Racing um, and the work that they're doing there. So, uh, but again, despite the line-out, um, uh, which obviously is an area that we'll need to have a look at, I just thought to 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 stay in the game there and to keep you know right up till the death there to have possession and, and being a chance of winning it just shows the amount of character and and courage that's in this in this side. All right, great to hear the voices of the guys there. It was a phenomenal battle all the way through. It had its moments. I've We've tried to make sense of it now for Galway Bay FM. We've tried to make sense of it for you. We're going to continue to do so. At halftime, Connacht were regretting so many things. A lot wasn't going right. And now you think back to the misconversion, the missed try chances, the statistics you just have there, seven visits, no, nothing more than one score. And that might be where, as much where they lost this as in those closing stages. Very much so. Um, you can't, you know, it's very harsh to sort of look back at the last kick and think, oh God, if we don't need... kick to the corner, corner more, yeah. There were so many more chances. You know, if Fulton doesn't get the ball knocked out of his hand as he goes over the line. Like that's the fourth time we've been over the line in two games where we've lost the ball over the line with the game against Scarlet we lost it over the line three times um, so you know you're looking at Connacht are creating chances and they need to score them Can I come back at you a little bit there and say yeah it's true you could be harsh on Jack for that but obviously when you say it you say it hey Jack's had a tremendous performance today having said that it seems to be like the quick line-up from Alex Wotton to John Porch. It seems to be that if you don't focus in on some of these situations and Alton Delan going over the line, Connacht have to get these things right because at that stage, they could be beating some of the best teams in Europe if they can get these basics right. Don't take that quick line-up. Make sure you get to the corner. These details. Like. Well, these are the things they're learning. You know, we, we would never have seen Connacht get 
you know, it's what only once or twice in the past have kind of put themselves in this sort of situation, um, where they're they're regarded as a team nobody else wants to play, and that's where we are again now. We're a team that nobody else else wants to play because we've got a fighting spirit. Like it was very, you know, very monstrous to come away with a losing bonus point. It's something they used to do in Europe all the time. You know, they'd accept a they'd accept a defeat and take the losing bonus point and work off that. So it has to be followed up, as William said. They have to follow it up with a win next week. Um, otherwise, this becomes a waste of time, really. Friend of the podcast, Kieran McNamara, was sending me all the French newspaper articles. Shout out to his daughter, Soline, who helped helped me with the pronunciations. In fact, I feel like I'm letting her down because people are like, did she? Because you didn't do a great job. She tried to help me as best she could. And she did a great job. So we really appreciate that. Uh, but... Kieran was saying not a mention of Connacht bar a little paragraph over to the right hand side where they reckoned uh, Andy Friend was a New Zealander and from what I could read unless I misread it Tyke Furlong was part of our squad but maybe I misread that um, long, long story short though I don't think Racing 92 had any clue what they were facing today and I think they're still confused Yeah that might have been part of it um, they did seem to get a handle on the Connacht line out and they did seem to have a good idea what we were trying to do in the centre until Bundiaki arrived. And I, agree, I I think it's good that you're creating chances, but you just got to convert these. So the details that I was just talking about, maybe yeah. take that point. Like Those details really add up. You have to get them right. Well, the whole point was, spoke to Andy Fred at the press conference, spoke to him again after the team selected. And he said the one thing they had to do was convert the chances when they got them. And that's that's pretty obvious. And you you find a situation that a team like the Scarlets who get a win at the sports ground, and you come away thinking, well, actually, you know, they're not particularly brilliant. But then they go and beat Bath yesterday in in this slightly odd Champions Cup. So it, it's they seem to have kicked on from that game, and there's no point rehashing it. But today we saw similar. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Alton Deland didn't score. I don't think he'll know it. And he'll probably watch the video ten times. And he still will never quite figure it out. The ball was just knocked out of his hands. But that's the small margins. When you stick in a game and you stay in it, you convert one of them, and the whole. I would have been really fascinated if Connor had got into the lead in that game to see what Ras. Now Rasing could have turned it on. I'm not sure they were... I don't think you can just flick a switch either. I think French teams sometimes play like that. Best example was last year in Toulouse. They switched it on at 60 minutes uh, because they had to. So it's... Was impressive when they did that, whereas we never really were massively impressed today by Racing 92, and that's not being disrespectful. But I didn't come away like I did last year. I came away from last year going, All right, that's a different level, we're not there yet. No, but our, our bouncers, as they're now called, our bench was is, was thinking a word in the press conference. I was like, What you call them, Andy? But I didn't want to go that far. Yeah, yeah, the bouncers bounced today, they really did bounce, and they didn't, we didn't get the same bounce in Toulouse last year. Um, but they bounced today and they brought a huge amount of energy and fight and desire, um, fresh desire, with, uh, with no little amount of skill as well. When you consider we lost two players in the first half as well, with Sean Masterson going off injured and Jared Butler, our captain, going off for a HIA, um, we did incredibly well. It was very, very unlike Connacht to go and do something like that and, and to, to go away. And, and it was something I was worried about after the Cardiff game because in this game where, where they had to try this allowed and eventually they scored it where Bird scored his try from the line out quick line out from Alex Wooden to John Porch who did Porch call it why did Wooden take it yada yada yeah but that had come from a, a period of about three or four minutes of solid play the game had gone on and on and on and on uh-huh. and against Cardiff we did the same thing and we made a mistake and they scored a try very similar um, against Cardiff but Cardiff went and kicked on and Connacht went into their shells this time they didn't it's almost like 
they were sick of it. You know, I, I don't want to, like, it was kind oh, of no. like, Connacht were just like, I want to do something other than kicking, you know, rather than just keeping at it, you know. Well, uh, part of it is that's tiredness. This is what happens. When you get tired, you start making mistakes. That's, the, that's one of the reasons you train as much as you do, so is that you can try and keep a clear, a clear head. And they didn't keep a clear head at that moment in time. It wasn't quite the right thing to do. And if you looked at it again, you could see it from behind. When John Porch got the ball, three rashing guys had tackled him. And there was four more rashing guys in and around the area where there was only three Connacht guys in total. And that, you know, they had they had figured it out. They had sort of stood in the pitch, watched the game ball going back and forth a little bit, but were more alive to a, a silly mistake than our guys were. All right, imagine there's music coming up on this podcast and we're like, just enough time to talk about this, this and this. And that's what I want you to do. We're going to up the pace and finish this podcast with a few talking points. Start with you, William. I've been really, really, really impressed with Owen Masterson as a second row. I think there's something developing there that's some sort of dy- dynamism, is a word we often pop up with, that's coming there from his back row expertise and his ability to slot it. Yeah, and I think it's almost if he gets more of a leadership role there as well. And I, I don't know why that is. Um, he worked very, very hard today. He was involved, I think, in sorting out the line-out issues. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a revelation because it's something we haven't seen before. And it's badly needed because, remember, Niall Murray and Killian Gallagher are on long-term injuries in the second row. So they've had to, he's had to step up, and he has stepped up. He's taken the opportunity. Just, just on that, just one of Connacht's greatest ever players did the same thing. Michael Swift moved from the back row into the second row really effectively. Ah, nice point. All right, Connor Oliver is impressing us. William? Yeah, I thought he had a big game. He has a, a bit of an edge to his play and occasionally he gets away with stuff because he's on the offside lane all the time. But that's, what I wa- that's where I want him to be. That's where I want him to be. It's a seven's job. That's what he's meant to do. Exactly. I like seeing referees stopping players, patting players on the head. I'm just going to say it, all right? Nothing against Shane Delahunt. Hated that it came up at such a crucial point in the game. But you know the way that doesn't happen? Don't pat someone on the head. Agreed. Couldn't couldn't agree more. It, I, I go bananas at it. There's just no need for it. Yeah. There was just no need. And no I think Shane had just come on the field and it was just probably one of those things that happened and he just... But on the field and just back, you know. All came to him at the back of the liner from that very penalty, and it was, as I said, keep wood esque as he belted it down the field. Oh, yeah, he must have made 70 metres on that penalty. And again, that was a huge turning point as well. Because it led to the Connor Oliver try, I think, didn't I it? Think it yeah. did in the end. And it, it, it's one of those things, again, that Raskin are going, hang on a minute, these guys just won't go away. You know, they just won't go away, and I don't think they're used to it. Alex Wooden is reminding me of when Connor McPhillips joined Connick. That's one for the older Connick followers. No friends to good old Connor who's coming over here next week. But that kind of prolific starting point for your Connick career. Six tries, eight games. He can say that the backs help him and they put him in the position. That's good finishing right there. Yeah, it is. It's it's important and it's reading an interception like that because if you get that wrong, they're in for a try. But he saw it. He saw the slow pass. He saw the movement slightly breaking down, a bit ponderous. They they should have scored at racing. Well, he scored under the posts, and that's there's a great skill in that. And sometimes you just get on a run, and yeah, keep going. Jared Butler and himself are among two of the three players who've started every game. You know who the other one is? Going to you on this one, John Porch. He really has been consistent, and again today, such an influence. Huge influence, and and he reads the game so well, and he puts himself in the right position and when he goes up for a ball because if you remember the first thing that happened to John Porch when he played a game for Connacht was he got a yellow card 
in the Dragons for not catching a good ball, for jumping a little bit too late and, and crashing into a guy. I thought it was a harsh yellow card, but um, since then he has been fantastic under the under the high ball because it's obviously something he looked at and thought I need to fix that, mm-hmm. and he has done, and he's incredible under the high ball, um, and he ju- he just brings something to the game. He brings a bit of X factor, and that's what's needed. Let's finish this week's podcast for the second week in a row talking about Paul Boyle, his leadership what he's developing into as a rugby player. Start with you, William. He had an immense game. Uh, took a lot of responsibility a couple of times taking the ball from the back of the scrum. Maybe that could have been used a bit earlier. Took over as captain. Had a, established a very good rapport with uh, Wayne Barnes and asked the right questions and kept it very polite and I think just worked worked the situation around. And yeah, he's starting to look like the sort of player. Look, he wants to play for Ireland, and there's no, there's no. He, I don't think he's. If you asked him straight out, he'd say that. Of course, he has. He wants to play for the Lions. <laughs> well, why not? Yeah. Why not? He, he he has that ability. The back row is probably the hardest place to get into in Ireland. We seem to be able to produce high quality back rows, so you've got to be that little bit better if you're going to get the opportunity. Skill set and staying fit is key. Uh, but he had a huge game today and I would expect he'll be one of the first first name on the team sheet for next week. Yeah, and it's not just his physicality and his, his stuff around the field. As you say, he created a good rapport with Wayne Barnes and when he asked about the penalties and Wayne Barnes said, no, no, there's only been four so far. That was that was Rassing's eighth penalty. So he obviously had been counting the penalties in his head. So what's, it's not as though he was just asking the question. He'd figured it out. They'd given away eight penalties. And if, if younger rugby players are listening, remember what he said then? He was like, four for them. He, he didn't go, no, no, it was eight. Because you don't speak to referees like that. He no. just went, okay, is okay. that the way we're playing it? And that's, that's what we're talking about, isn't it? The temptation to argue was there. He didn't, by the second half, they're having a little laugh about how, he was, how long he took for an advantage to be given yeah exactly and that's that's what you're looking to do that you're looking to create this rapport you have to respect the referee because there's one guy he's on his own out there there's 30 other fellas trying to beat the there's 30 other fellas trying to trying to beat each other and cheat the referee as much as they can in order to get going that's part of the game anyone who doesn't understand that doesn't know sport um, so the referee's on his own so it's great to get a good rapport with him on that Okay, final talk from each of you. Before we get that, I'm just going to remind listeners that a uh, big thanks to TG Car. Pork was here today, did a great job setting us up. It's incredible the link up that they've done for us to be able to commentate through this COVID era. And the ref link just made it, especially on that bonkers game like today. My God, that stadium. We could talk about that and all the other things as well. Uh, stay on patreon.com. Get on, look for Craggy Rugby. You get all that extra audio there during the week, including the Friday evening chat with the management once the teams are announced. Stay on as well. Uh, Craggy Rugby on all the podcasts streams because during the week we have our preview show each and every week. Uh, thanks for listening folks. Thanks for all your support. Thanks to all our patrons who come on and give us that extra little bit of support. We really appreciate it. It allows us to buy little bits of equipment and to deliver you all the great stuff that we deliver you. William, I want a final thought. Um, one of the oddest games I think I've seen Connacht be involved with, but typically French. You would not get a game like that playing English opposition. Just wouldn't happen. But they've come away with a point but as Alan said earlier, if they don't beat Bristol next week, it doesn't mean very much. But that sets up next Sunday and I can't wait for it because I think it's going to be a cracker. Thanks, William. Alan, you have the last word. Yeah, great to see the self-belief in Connacht. They, they went out, realised there was just 15 men on the opposite side and took them on and almost won. Follow us on Twitter, like us on all our social media platforms. We'll be back with you in a few days. Thanks, folks. 
Nothing changes, sad 